We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write up at the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman, who was voted on by me as the best-looking Lamb Chops model. And oh. let me tell you, yeah, no, you're welcome. And let me tell you, Lamb Chops is the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And Chris, wearing a Lamb Chops hoodie right now. SGLambChops.com is the website. Candlestick 20 is the promo code for 20% off. I've been uh, I've been told I have a face for podcasting, so I, I very much appreciate uh, you you gassing me yep. up like that, even though yep. I, I think you might be blatantly lying, which is fine. Um, but I do want to say this, no, this other gray, ash gray lamb chops hoodie. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been rocking it around the house. I, I work from home mostly these days, but... Uh, since the weather's gotten cold and it's been a little rainy and dreary outside, sometimes you just like to wear a hoodie inside and this is the perfect hoodie to wear inside. And it just so happens that it's stylish and dope and you can wear it outside in, in the world too. Um, so shout out to lamb chops. <laughs> Obviously I'm, uh, wearing, I am wearing sweat lamb chops. sweat. I got the full s- sweatsuit. Just going the on ensemble, right the ensemble. Um, the, the clothes are great for in the house, out of the house comfortable zippered pockets a, I... a must these days so shout out to shout out to lamb chops and and especially our guy craig zippered pockets shout out craig big craig guys and shout out to jordan as well uh over there at sg lamb chops sg lamb that's the website um i'm gonna do a holiday edition the zippered pockets are good for just stuffing your christmas goodies into mm. and then zipping up so you don't lose any of your christmas goodies but right. the hoodie is perfect for rocking around the christmas tree and it's also good to wear outdoors because, baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> SGLambChops.com. Use promo code Candlestick20 for 20% off your order today. We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Shout out to the homies over at Cooperage. I'm having a Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA tonight. I plan out my beers. Like, on my way home from work, mm. I'm like, yeah, it's a beer night. I got some Candlestick Chronicles Hazy IPA in my fridge right now. Can't wait to crack it open. You can get yours at cooperagebrewing.com. Maybe you want to get the hazy IPA, but maybe you want an oatmeal stout for the holidays. If you're a dark beer on the holidays person. Or maybe you're like, you know what? I need that taste of summer. You can get a West Coast IPA. You can get, I mean, they have every style. They have a, 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 a pills. They've got anything you could possibly want. They've got it at cooperagebrewing.com. Whatever style of beer you're into, they've got it. And it's going to be delicious because it's Cooperage. 
they have Kurt Reynolds uh is it's back the uh the pale ale the four pack um it's delicious they still have the candlestick chronicles you know it's been awesome like the the first year i think they did one or two runs and they they spaced them out a little bit during football season obviously starting when we had our first um it was a preseason live event at cooperage they had the run there and then later on in the year last year i think they had like three or four different runs that were a little spaced out the candlestick chronicles hazy ipa has been so popular they've made sure that they've just had it throughout the entirety of football season um and it's been amazing to see it's been amazing to see on social media people taking pictures at their tailgates obviously the can is is amazing if particularly if you're an old school 49ers fan it's a red and gold can with like football aces on it it's got a really dope candlestick logo on it and and uh our names on it um, obviously so obviously I told the, the story on my have i told the story on the podcast of the first time i bought that beer in public no do share so the first time after the first release of and this is going to make the ads go forever but whatever uh after the <laughs> it's a fun story stick around so um, the first, the first year we dropped, uh, Candlestick Chronicles, Hazy IPA, uh, 2019, right before the 2019 season, right? Is that right? Mm, yeah, that's no, right. before the no. 2020 season. Yeah. 2021, 2021. Is that right? Yeah. To- oh my God. Yeah. 2021. We're washed, bro. Oh my God. It's so, it's been three. Okay, 2021 we is we're on year three of, <sighs> of the hazy. That is humbling. So uh, 2021, I go into a local bottle shop because I knew they sold Cooperage. And I was like, oh, maybe they have Candlestick Chronicles. And sure enough, they do. So your boy, proud as hell, grabs that four pack. I walk up to the counter. There's a lady standing there and I set it on the counter and I go, she goes, that all today? And I'm like, yep, it's beers for, uh, for my podcast. And she goes, she goes, huh? And I go, my, my <laughs> podcast partners with this brewery and I spin the label around to where our names are. And I go, that's me. I'm Kyle Madsen. And she goes, okay, that'll be 69 or whatever the price was. I was like, <laughs> All right. I was, I was in Cooperage. Um, I think it was before our first event and I was sitting at the bar and uh, somebody's like, oh, I'll try the candles. And I look over and I'm like, good decision. Like in my mind, like this person's totally going to recognize me and be like, oh, you're Chris. That's awesome. And the guy looks at me and is just like, I was the, I, was, I, I got the response. It was like, who's this weirdo at the bar talking to me? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, thanks. And then I was like, okay, I'm just never, ever doing that again. And I never did. <laughs> yeah, I would never, ever do it again either. I'm scarred for life. I don't care that anybody knows that my name's on that beer now. Um, <laughs> you should care, though, and you should get some in your fridge. Uh, order yours online at cooperagebrewing.com today. You must be 21 and older and in the state of California to receive a case of beer at your front doorstep, but it's the best way to acquire beer. So if you're not 21 and you're not in California, uh, get to 21 and get to California and order your beer from cooperagebrewing.com today. All right. Uh, we have a Bay Area legend on the pod today. Tim Kawakami. Uh, he's a writer at The Athletic. His podcast, The TK Show, is one of the very best in the Bay Area. He's got interviews up with Bob Melvin. He's got an, an interview up with Mike Dunleavy Jr., the, the Warriors GM. He's had Kyle Shanahan on. He's had John Lynch on. I mean, it, it, pick pick a, a big name in the Bay Area. Tim's interviewed him, and he's he's one of our favorite writers to, to talk to and one of our favorite podcasters to talk to. 
So let's dive into our conversation with Tim Kawakami. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Friend of the program, Bay Area legend, Tim Kawakami, back in the building. Tim, thanks so much for hopping on, man. We appreciate the time. Good to be with you guys. What's going on? Oh, you know, just hanging out. Um, I, I honestly, I have more Warriors questions than I do 49ers <laughs> questions after they beat the Celtics last night. Hey, Trace Jackson Davis going to start now or what? I would start him. Does that mean that Steve Kerr is going to start him? I think it's going to be a virtual start. I think kind of like he's... Not going to be actually named as a starter would be my guess, although I don't think it's out of the question. Uh, and he will end up playing starters minutes. And, okay. you know, you can do that because without Draymond, they have some minutes open. So I think he's going to close unless he's not playing real well or Looney or Sarge is playing great. And so he's just going to get that Draymond kind of spot to close, maybe 20, 25 minutes. But you know what? He's capable of throwing up a clunker too, right? I mean, it's not going. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to play. like If he plays like this for the rest of the way, he will be a starter very soon. I, yeah. I think even like Kerr is what Kerr doesn't want is to lose his vets. He doesn't want, you know, he was resisting even like benching Wiggins until he did it because he didn't want to lose them just mentally. And he really didn't want to do it to Clay and hasn't taken him out of the starting lineup, took him out of the closing lineup a couple of games ago. But he didn't lose him. I think he might have fired Clay up. He doesn't want to lose Looney. Like if you pull him out and maybe Looney's like, oh my God, but I don't think Looney's like that guy. So yeah. my guess is Trace Jackson Davis goes in the starting lineup. Then when Draymond comes back, it might be like that's when you get stuck a little bit because you have four guys, Sarge, Looney, Draymond, and Trace Jackson Davis. We'll have to see how TJD and Draymond kind of fit together. Uh, that's going to be a question that they'll have to answer down the road. But I think he's going to end up getting starter minutes at least until Draymond is back. And even then, I think he should get starter minutes. He gives him something different. I went on uh, Warriors, the Warriors World podcast recently, and compared Trace Jackson Davis to uh, to Brock Purdy. He's, he's the, the wow. Warriors center wow. version of, of Brock Purdy, in that you know, super experienced college guy. The the Warriors drafted someone else to be the center. Highly, there's sort of some parallels to make there, but definitely, I, I, the, definitely the center they drafted before uh, is the is the big parallel. Right. Yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Listen, I've, <laughs> I, I've been high on, on Jackson Davis, but not as high as Warriors fans are. And right. I think there are limitations to him. Like he's, he's, it's just, a, it's the difference between what he is and what Looney is. That's where you really feel it. Cause Looney's hit a wall or something going on with him. Maybe sure. it's this consecutive game streak. Maybe he needs a break. He's just not lively and he's not super lively, even on the best of times with him. So wow, Peterman, you're taking this to another level. Wow. That that what was that? that was my weak attempt at a at a transition to uh, to 49ers. <laughs> so um, wait a minute, we're talking 49ers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is a Niners <laughs> podcast after all. But no, so like I, I think you have a very unique perspective, given that you know you've covered the NFL for a long time. You've covered obviously a, a lot of elite teams, even in other sports, and. 
Um, zooming out a little bit, and I'm not trying to put the cart before the horse because ultimately Kyle Shanahan is going to be judged by Super Bowls. But based on the way the season is going so far, um, and again, there's a lot of football to be played. We're not even in the playoffs yet. But based on how things are going so far, the 49ers just seem like they're at a different level than just about every other team in the league. Um, and you can look at contenders around the NFL and say, you know, the Chiefs have their issues. The Bills might be the, the scariest team in the AFC right now, but they're not even in one of the top seven seeds. Just the way the 49ers are constructed and the way they've been built, it seems like they're sort of on a collision course to the Super Bowl, assuming, you know, health and, and everything like that. But given that you covered the Eagles in, in the 80s, you've covered the Lakers during during, um, you know, the, the Shaq and Kobe times. You've, you've obviously been very close to the Warriors during their dynastic era um, with what Kyle Shanahan has built this season. And the DVOA numbers for whatever those are worth say that this is the best 49ers team in their history and the best NFL team from a DVOA perspective since the 2007 Patriots. I'm curious, like, what you think makes this 49ers team um, up there when it comes to, you know, the discussion of elite teams in, in any sport. And if Kyle Shanahan might deserve more credit that he's getting for team building and culture building and the way the 49ers have been constructed to get to this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I'll just say I've always thought that about Shanahan, right? I mean, it's hard for me to say he should get more credit. I give him a lot of credit, uh, he and Lynch. I think it built something really sustainable. I thought I thought that three, four, five years ago. I thought it was heading in that direction. They are they accumulate talent. They might miss here or there, but you just look at who they've added year after year, in what positions. Um, it's hard to argue that this is not the best, you know, roster in the NFL. And it's been get it's been moving in that direction really essentially since like eighteen or so. Um, what I see, what what stands out to me about them is that they're so talented certainly with the playmakers and they're tough those two things so there's teams that are have all these playmakers and are not tough and there's tough teams that don't have those playmakers uh, and i always like offensive minded coaches who also respect the defense and what is Kyle Shane like? He can't help it. He just keeps drafting defensive linemen. Like it's a, like I like that about an offensive minded coach. I've been around offensive minded coaches who don't want any part. Of, Mike March would never want to draft a defensive player. I've heard that about him. And we just look at his record when he's a head coach. He just didn't want him. He he wanted you know receivers, receivers, receivers. Shanahan is kind of the odd. Like he'll like he's almost the other way. Like he loves playmakers. We know they've invested a lot of money in their playmakers, but. It's almost like I need the defensive line to be super talented. That's what I need right there. Also need a left tackle. Also, you know, we know that the, the, the picks that they invested in McCaffrey now, the money they've invested in him, but that's kind of like almost to the, to the side. Um, I, and tough-minded offensive guys who can speak to quarterbacks but also be in that room and speak to 53. Right? That's the cliche. Can they speak to 53 men? Can you get in that room and command not just the offensive guys, but have the defensive guys respect you and coach like that, right? Running the ball is what defenses want from their offense. They don't want to screw up and they don't, you know, that's kind of into the big picture why he doesn't call fake punts and the little things. It was kind of funny when he, you know, joked that he doesn't not, why doesn't he call fake punts? He doesn't want to fuck up the game. 
You know, he doesn't want to risk something that screws up the field for his carefully managed offense and exposes the defense to something that they should. They should play the full field. How? Put his defense on a full field, and they're not going to give up that many points now. They haven't been great in the last few games. Maybe some understandable reasons for that. But I think it's the, it's the combination, and I don't know. I would guess, the, yeah, those great 49er teams would be the the real comparison. I covered the Eagles when they you know, were getting good. Uh, Reggie White, Jerome Brown, they did not get over the hump there. Um, they had the toughness. Did not have the offensive playmakers. Uh, Randall Cunningham was just getting into his own. Wasn't quite there yet. Um, obviously, the Lakers, Shaq and Kobe, that's a whole other thing. Warriors during their, the dynasties, kind of a different thing. But uh, I'd say there's some similarities to the playmakers the Warriors have had. The guys who could beat you at the top, 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 top. But then the defensive toughness, Draymond Green's very popular name to discuss right now. But Andre Iguodala, <laughs> some, some other guys, um, you know. Who knows what this 49 team is capable of? It's tough to compare eras and across sports, but it that's the specialness, I think, in this team that they're gonna be tough. They're gonna hit you. They're gonna try to they're gonna stop the run and run the ball. And they have all this other stuff. And I think uh maybe that's taken a 2019 was a really good team. Like that was Baderman year around that team a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had no Christian McCaffrey, right? Then they had Jimmy right. Garoppolo yeah. and not Brock. Like you look at, they go, well, that was a really good team. That was seven minutes away from a Super Bowl. Jimmy Garoppolo was seven minutes away from being the Super Bowl MVP, but th- they clearly had some things that they lacked. Clearly, mm-hmm. at the top of the level, this team's got that. I don't know what you would say. Where would you say this team lacks? You know, maybe at corner, but Lenore's pretty damn good right now and can move inside. And uh, Avery Thomas is not bad as a, as a third corner on the outside. No. I'm not sure. You know, we would have said offensive line on that right side. Maybe that won't get them. But the right side, you put Feliciano in there, and that right side looks a little bit better now. Uh, yeah. The 19, you could say, like, this 19 was a basic team. They're going to hit you. They're going to run the ball. If they throw it, they can, you know, there's been times when they threw the ball. But you can't just, say, just go throw it. How many times has Shanahan started – games of this season with, with Brock Purdy throwing the ball two or three, four, five times. It's been notable. And mm-hmm. that never happened with Garoppolo. It never happened. Philadelphia. You does know, it, yeah, exactly. Does it feel to you like Kyle Shanahan is trying to get Brock Purdy the MVP award? I don't know. I don't think Shanahan, I mean, maybe at the end of the season, I think he would do that. I just think he feel, feels comfortable with him. Like with, with Shanahan, what he would not do is jeopardize a victory in his mind, whatever, how we ever, we think of it sure. where like I'm doing something that we could screw up the game and I screwed it up because I was trying to get somebody in an accolade. He'll do that maybe at the end of a game. I don't think he's, you know, his openers are really precious to him and they do well with them. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's messing around with that just to try to trick around an award. Frankly, I think he'd like it to be McCaffrey. <laughs> That's, if you had asked, if you <laughs> shot him with true serum, I think he'd say McCaffrey again. I'm not, don't aggregate this, anybody. But uh, <laughs> I, do, I do think that, like he he thinks, the MVP is way off to the side. It's not, you know, it's it'd be nice he'd, if it's going to be awarded to somebody. He'd want it to be awarded to a 49er player, but like it's not like Debo is special to him. Like there's mm-hmm. others spe- lost so many special people to him. I don't think he'd ever go. This game plan is to get Brock Purdy 
the MVP. If yeah. it, it listen, if it comes down to it, and it's in the last, you know, they're up two touchdowns, and it doesn't matter. Maybe that extra stat would be something that he can be in his mind. So yeah, let's go get it for him. But I don't think they, they, they did try to get you know McCaffrey that touchdown to keep his right. Yeah. Right. That was very out of character, right? And when have we seen him do that? You have to have a big lead to do that. You have to like have special players to do that. But it didn't really work out either, by the way. It's just not Kyle's thing. He's like, he's not like an awards guy. That's kind of the ethos of the team. They talk about it. They want their guys to win. But it isn't like, let's go get the award. And it, it just fits my mentality, which is, why do we talk about awards so much? It's about winning, winning, winning. Like mm-hmm. winning gets you the award. The award doesn't get you winning. So, and I know people do talk about it and it's something to discuss. I get a little weary of it. It's like, oh, because this guy did this, he could be rookie of the year. No, because he did that, he's good. Good helps <laughs> winning. Winning gets you the award. The award is the last thing over there. And so many times it's, oh, oh, that great throw means that Brock Purdy could be MVP. No, the great throw was just good. That's what it was good. You you're, you want to be good more than you want to be get the award. But that's me. I get it. I understand it. Uh, you know, I, I it's good conversation. I just kind of uh, sometimes have a little backlash in my mind saying the point isn't the award. The point is the tr- is the trophy at the end of the year, which is the one that the team wins. That's the point. So I uh, we I won't ask you um, about who your MVP is. Who would you given, vote for? Given everything, you <laughs> well, just I think said. I tipped it. I think McCaffrey is like is like so important, but every one of those guys is so important. Sure. Uh, yeah. Let's pause the 49ers talk real quick and talk about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in America. It is my favorite way to watch sports. It has greatly enhanced the sports watching experience, and I think it'll do the same for you. Chris and I, before the 49ers-Cardinals game, made some picks. Some of them worked out. Some of them didn't. Uh, Chris, you go ahead and roll through your picks. How did you do? Uh, I went one of four, and because Mm. I only do power plays, uh, it was yet another unsuccessful week for me. But hey, we're gonna we're gonna get back to the drawing board. Uh, yeah. We're gonna take it one week at a time. Sure. We're gonna watch the film and, and figure out how we can get better. Um, Brandon Ayuk, I had uh, more than half of a touchdown. He did not get in the end zone mm. on Sunday in Arizona. Debo Samuel, half a touchdown. He scored twice. Um, so really, that should account for all four of my overs. If you divide two by a half, you get four. But um, I'm not gonna quibble too much there. Uh, Jake Moody, I had one and a half, uh, more than one and a half field goals. Um, he had one. Um, Jake Moody just continues to be a massive disappointment um, for a kicker draft in the third round. I'm kidding, of course. This is only prize picks. Um, I had Marquise Brown uh, more than 0.5 touchdowns. I thought he would um, he would be a factor against the 49ers today. And as I scroll through... The stats. I don't see Marquise Brown anywhere. So yeah, he um, left the game. I think was, he left the game early with a little heel injury. Yeah, and I I think he was coming into the game with a heel injury as well. So yeah. not great on uh, from from my standpoint. But again, you know, we're gonna we're gonna lick our wounds a little bit. We're gonna do some self scouting and uh, and yeah. get back to it next week. Yeah, absolutely. I went with Debo Samuel more than fourteen and a half rushing yards. I. Picked that one every week. Didn't work out this week. One carry for 11 yards. So he did not 
uh, go go more than the 14 and a half. Brock Purdy, I had more than one and a half passing touchdowns. Nailed it. He had four of them things. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, I had more than half a touchdown. Count it. Brandon Ayuk, more than half a touchdown. No dice, as you said. And James Conner, my guy. I had more than 63 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. And uh, my man did that just on the ground. 86 yards on the ground for James Conner. Really, really nice game for him. Four for five for me. So because I do the flex plays, because I'm I'm smart with prize picks, <laughs> get a little back. I love a flex play. It makes it so you don't have to hit every single one to uh, to earn earn a little cash. So join us on prize picks. I'm telling you, it's not. And even like with basketball season, they do the specials leagues where they do like combo entries where it's like it'll be like Travis Kelsey and LeBron James, and it'll be more or less than 10 and a half combined three pointers and catches. It's a really fun thing, and it's such a cool way to to enhance your sports watching experience. So definitely join me and Chris. We can help you out with that. Prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Use promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash candlestick. Promo code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. You can do it on the web. There's an app. I use the app. Super easy to use. You're going to love it. Please join us at Picks. Daily Fantasy Sports made easy. Yo, it's your homies Kyle and Chris for Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. They are the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. And follow them on Instagram at SGLambChops because they have some really cool looking stuff that your bland ass boy over here is not very good at styling on his own. And so I pop over to the Instagram. I see how other people are are dressing themselves in. Uh, maybe it's the maybe it's the wolf shorts or the lion shorts, or maybe it's a pair of joggers, or maybe it's the ash gray hoodie that you and I love so much. And I I base my outfits off of that, and it always makes me look dope, which is the single most important thing. And it's also comfortable. It's also high quality. Yeah. It's super yeah. stylish. They're conversation starters, honestly. They also have kids, uh, kids sizes on here too. Yes, that and is everything's correct. unisex. Uh, yeah. We we should point out also. So, um, no matter if you're a man or woman, these clothes will look great on you, or a child, or a child. They have children's sizes and a lot of their <laughs> stuff as well. Use promo code Candlestick twenty today to get twenty percent off your order, or you can do it tomorrow or whenever. Candlestick twenty is a promo code any day of the week to get twenty percent off your order from sglambchops.com. Uh, shout out to them; we really appreciate their support, and uh, we would appreciate it if you support them by going to sglambchops.com and ordering some dope, comfortable, high quality clothing. Join the herd today. With Brock Purdy, it you know it started obviously as an unlikely story. Like this guy was not expected to even make the team. Then it was you know he's not. Can can he bring can can he continue to to play to keep to keep the offense playing at a high enough level to win playoff games? He's proven to do that. He's playing this year at a level where we talk about him uh, as an MVP candidate and maybe perhaps a favorite. Um, but like, do you see? given everything you know about sports and, and the athletes that you've covered, do you see a possibility for greatness in Brock Purdy? Is there anything about him to you that says he can ascend to somebody who ends up in the Steve Young, Joe Montana conversation, assuming obviously the caveat here is he has to win a Super Bowl 
or multiple to be a part of that. But are there things that he does in his makeup that reminds you of, of some of those superstar championship type players? Yeah. I mean, I'll go to the one he goes to, I, I, I you know, is Drew Brees. And mm-hmm. I think he's got a lot of Drew Brees in him. Like I, I've kind of thought that in my head and then other people started mentioning it. And I guess he told the Fox broadcast, well, I guess it was CBS broadcasters. It's very confusing uh, <laughs> that Drew Brees was the guy he watched. And he's told me like, he would watch that film. And I talked to Willie Sneed and Willie Sneed's like, he's in a practice squad receiver used to play with the, with the saints with drew bees goes yeah he came up to me he goes yeah you i I remember watching you he's like what you were watching me on the saints uh when he wasn't even doing much with the saints because of the drew Brees stuff Uh, i think he's got some drew Brees in him i think he's got that kind of um you know not a big guy uh, and i think he's more athletic than breeze i think he's got that precision that focus that leadership i know coaches defensive coaches who love drew Brees. that's like dennis allen and i'm not a great source at this point but he, <laughs> when he was coaching the Raiders and I, you know, very good defensive coach, not a great head coach. He loved, he wanted Drew Brees, Drew Brees, Drew Brees. I want every player to be like Drew Brees. Um, and I think that's the defensive mentality that kind of works with this team. Like you're tough, right? Man, what, what do they say when he went down? Oh, Brock said he was okay. And I know he's tough. So he was going to be back in the game. Guess what? He's back in the game. Uh, he doesn't do stupid stuff. He is incredibly focused. He knows the playbook. That all works on this team. And this team is going to be very good for a while, I would guess. He's going to be, he's 23 years old, by the way. I guess he's about to turn 24, but he's still 23 years old. He's only going to get better. He's better than Breeze was when he was 23. So to take it away from the 49ers conversation, because that always gets into mythology, that always gets into four or five Super Bowl, like that's, Hard to talk about any quarterback who hasn't won a Super Bowl in that in that world. Now, Brees right. has, but it's not in the the Montana Young. That gets tough, you know. Manning, Brady. I'm gonna say Drew Brees. I was saying Russell Wilson a little earlier because that adds the mobility to this. And mm-hmm. Wilson was good, young, and Wilson was on a defensive minded team, and True. he irritated them the defensive minded team much more than I think Brock Purdy ever will. <laughs> uh, but. I think a, like a, a, a Breeze Wilson, I think he's right there with those. He's headed to being right there. He's going to have to win a Super Bowl. We know this. But that's the kind of quarterback I think he's going to be. And those, that's really high up there. Like, they're both going to be in the Hall of Fame. The, they both those quarterbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Brock Purdy going to be in the Hall of Fame? you got to sustain it. you got to keep doing it year after year after year. But I mean, he's like Russell Wilson was good early. This is Brock Purdy. He's good early. Drew Brees sustained it for a long period of time, was incredibly accurate and could be, you know, he could put you, put 40 up on you, you know, whatever game you want yeah. to. Uh, and was set with a great offensive coach with Sean Payton. It just seems like, to the, interestingly, now Russell Wilson is now being coached by Sean Payton. I hadn't even made that connection yet. <laughs> uh, so I think that those would be the two I compare them to. And mm-hmm. those are two really great quarterbacks. It kind of gets dangerous. You just put Montana into anything, it gets dangerous. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. sticky. Yeah, it's just like you're this. This is we're talking about a god, you know. Certainly in this region, and I don't like comparing guys to something that people think are unassailable and, and probably is. I grew up in the Montana right. era, so I'm just going to go and a couple other guys, and those are the two guys I would go to, and that's that's a high high level, uh, and I think he can get there. Absolutely, I think the the commitment to it. I think the, you know, the, 
the precision, the accuracy, like some of the balls that look bad. Now I know he's put some within, you know, intercepting range. I'm not saying every ball he throws is safe, but sometimes when you go back and like, why was that ball thrown so wildly off when everything else seems to be right on line? He's avoiding the interception. He's throwing away from the safety. Mm -hmm. And I think I've heard him kind of confirm that, you know, he doesn't want to excuse himself on some of those, but he has thrown the ball away from the defense. He's anticipating the receiver and he's anticipating the defense. And there were quarterbacks who can't do either. Clearly we saw one yeah. of them, you know, against four Niners was throwing it to, you know, to the wrong team. Well, you know, I like Kyler, but he's not Brock Purdy. No, no, he's not. I, you said something interesting in there. Uh, talking about the, the 49ers being a defensive-minded team, and that was so prevalent in 2019, uh, 2020, you know, there was all the injuries and stuff, but even 21 and 22, it was like, man, this is a defensive team. And it feels like this year, there's so much focus on the offense because what their offense is doing is historic that it kind of goes by the wayside that they're like number two in points allowed and I think number eight or nine in, in yards allowed. Like they're still a really good defense. Is this still a defensive minded team to you or is this an offensive minded team now? I think it's tilting a little more offense than defense. I, uh, I think, you know, we haven't seen those sack, you know, the, the big sack days. We've seen good sack days, but not seen the huge mm -hmm. sack days. Um, I, I think, you know, D'Amico and Sala were part of that and they were so emotional and, and Steve Wilkes isn't that maybe, you know, maybe we're missing it sometimes in, in meeting rooms, but also it was because the quarterback, it was like, they weren't yeah. scoring 30 points a game, right? They just yeah. weren't doing that. This team, you can just roll out the ball. If they're playing an average defense to even a pretty good defense, they can put 30 up. And I just said, they're going to score four touchdowns. Like I, I've rarely felt that about a Jimmy Garoppolo led team. Not again, we all do, we're doing this now, but I want to bash Garoppolo. They won a lot of games. They were a very good team with Garoppolo, but they weren't scoring four touchdowns. You couldn't just say they're scoring four touchdowns. Uh, this team is going to score four touchdowns. And if you score four touchdowns and you have a good defense, not a great defense, you don't need a great defense. You just need a good defense. You're going to win. They score four touchdowns against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. By the way, would this offense score four touchdowns against the Chiefs? Yes. It would yeah, score four definitely. touchdowns against the Chiefs. They would have won the Super Bowl with this offense. I agree. Um, just all things being equal, just put this offense out there. Um, you know, this is different. You know, it feels different. I think, the, I mean, how many times was Kittle, you know, we had to ask him, like, why can't you score more? You know, what? how do you win? Oh, yeah, we just don't turn the ball over, don't make mistakes, and score more touchdowns. So he's, like, said that repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Now they're not, you know, they're they're doing that stuff. Most of their stars now are on offense because they've added these things. So I'll just say it's a kind of defensive-minded team that has an offense that fits the defense and can be explosive. And that's freaking dangerous for the rest mm -hmm. of the league. But I, yeah, they are, you know, hey, it's offensive-minded head coach. You know, that maybe it was always going to head this way. But um, I, I think this – you go back to that 2016 team, which I do uh, – the Falcons – which is really important because that was a really that was his best team that he's ever coached. I think got to the Super Bowl. He wanted when he got to the Four Niners. What did he want? Defense, defense, defense. Because that team could not stop the Patriots when it came down to it. Yep. Offense screwed up obviously at the end, but not that much. You know the fumble and some some of the play calls that didn't really burn clock, but it wasn't that much. It was the fact that Tom Brady went right through that defense, and you look at where they focused their draft picks for sure, where they paid their money 
in the early, certainly in the early years of Shanahan and Lynch, it was, I got to get a defense. And he liked Mm -hmm. the 49ers at some point because that roster was terrible, but they had Buckner and Armstead. Like that was like Mm -hmm. one of the reasons he wanted that job. And I could add to it in which they certainly have done. So you, you look at that, like this is going to be an offensive teams maybe as we're talking, but the heart of it is still the soul of it is, but we can still be physical. But we have to be physical, and physicality starts with that defensive line, and you know they're always going to invest in defensive line. So that it's a combo thing, but leaning more offense because the explosion, the charisma of that group, but it's still in its heart it wants to be a defensive team. One of my real quick, Chris. One of my favorite things was Kyle Shanahan on your podcast, Tim, and you were talking about that Super Bowl. And him, you know, how, how he kind of views it. And he's like, man, the offense didn't give up 500 yards and 25 points in 12 minutes. <laughs> I was like, damn, that's a great point. <laughs> that is how he feels. That is absolutely. And it's, you just seen how it flows to his, the way he's running this team. It was like, I got to get, like, I can have all the offense I want. If we can't keep the other team from scoring 30 in the second half, we're not yep. winning that game. Yep. And what happened in the Super Bowl that he got to? With, with, you know, against the Chiefs, that you know, wasn't all the defense's fault, but it wasn't able to stop Mahomes. Now, you also want a quarterback who can ma- match Mahomes, but you can just feel it as a gut. Like, it was horrible for him to experience that. But he was like, that might, I need a de- we need defensive players out there to stop that, and it just did not happen. The Falcons were an okay defense that year. They were not great. And once Brady got going, like, they were cooked. There was really not, not a lot they can do. So, um but thank you for mentioning my podcast, Scott. Of course. <laughs> Shout out. Um, so, what, I mean, we, we'd be remiss if we didn't even mention uh, Monday's game against the Ravens, which is shaping up to maybe be the most interesting regular season game they played this year, given how good the Ravens seem to be and their place in the AFC. Um, without stepping on what you might write leading up to or what you might write after the fact, what's, what's the significance of Monday's game in, in your mind, given that, um, you know, it is just a regular season game, but it, it seems like it's it's bigger than a normal one, given where these teams are at in their in their current seasons. I guess so. I don't know. I might like be a little bit of a sour one on this one. I don't think it's that big a game because it's out okay. of conference. You got so many games like it. Could it be a, a Super Bowl preview? Maybe. But there's so much to play before that. We don't know yeah. if the team's going to make it there. Who's going to be hurt when they're, you know, on the way? Um Monday night, Christmas. Uh, I, I think it's just going to be interesting talent, talent to talent. I'm going to want to watch mm-hmm. that. What's you know, is Lamar going to be able to run around? Are they going to run the ball in the 49ers, who have been not looking great against the run recently? Um, can the 49ers? I think the 49ers are going to move the ball on the Ravens. I, mean, I think this is a I'm a broken regular, but I think 49ers are going to move the ball on anybody. But I think they're going to move the ball on the Ravens pretty good. So like yeah, if they hit a wall and they can't score against the Ravens, I think that but that's interesting. Whoever it would be against, it would it was would have been interesting if it happened against the Cardinals, uh, and almost more interesting because the Cardinals is a divisional team. I kind of take these out of conference games depending on when they come a, a, a little bit differently because um, the, you know it's a unique situation, and then it's a prime time game, it's a Christmas game, and. The, the, the reality is the 49ers do not need this win. I think they're going to win, but they need to win the two NFC games. They win their two NFC games. They're the number one seed. They yeah, they would rather win all three 
And but if you had to pick the ones you want to win, you want to win NFC NFC games, theoretically. So I, I I do want to see them with Lamar on the field and how that looks. I think they'll be fine. Uh, maybe not. We'll see. I I think they will might have something similar to the way they defended Jalen Hurts, which was do not let him get out of the pocket, mm-hmm. see what he throws. I think Lamar is throwing the ball better than Jalen has been, but mm-hmm. we shall see. Um, can they make him nervous around there? Can they make him just have to bolt and then have have Fred Warner ready there to, to make a tackle? That I'm curious with. I just don't think there's going to be a lot to be figured out and learned from Fournier's offense versus their defense. I think the Fournier's overmatch them. They just have that, you know, they have too much for almost everybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what's the defense that you would say, man, I want to see like Eagles theoretically was, but that, that was gone. Dallas, is, I think is the next best defense in the league. I don't know. Cleveland, I get, we saw what happened there. Mm-hmm. When they sent out, you know, uh, Debo and, and Trent Williams and didn't have McCaffrey feeling too good. So I guess that would be the one. And I don't know if they're going to be there at the end for the four ers So I'm, I'm curious about this game, but I don't think it's this big epic tilt. Um, I just don't. Maybe I'm looking at it wrong. Uh, I, I just always think the Eagles game, that was the epic tilt. You know, the, yeah. you yep. know, the Cowboys game. The, those were the big ones. You don't even know who you're going to end up playing in the Super Bowl. You just don't know. And Lamar has not been great in the playoffs. I think Baltimore probably is the best team in the AFC, but you put them on the field with – Patrick Mahomes, and we know how bad the Chiefs have looked lately, but I'm, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. I think Mahomes is going to be the one at the end. And hmm. if they were playing the Chiefs, I probably would feel differently about it. If the Chiefs were 11-3 and three and the Chiefs were the coming, then I might go, okay, I really want to see what this looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Ravens, I don't know. Like Even if the Ravens beat them, I might not. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I think the Fortnite is going to figure out a way to beat this team. I don't know about I don't know that I would, you know, I think the Chiefs would be a different thing. Chiefs, Dolphins, maybe, you know, maybe the Bills. I just, I, I'm I'm just not thinking this one because it's one versus one. One, like, yeah, the Ravens, like, are they, uh, uh, I, I'm just going to be a little bit of a sourpuss on this one and say, yeah, I'm just curious. I want to see who, who okay. plays well. Uh, but it doesn't feel like the one that's a Titanic matchup for me. It just doesn't. The, the Eagles was the big Titanic matchup. Hmm. all right very good tim thanks so much for your time uh the tk show is the podcast you can find it wherever you get your pods i mean i was just looking at that i mean already you got interviews in here with with mike dunleavy you got matt barrows um doing stuff with la bob, times bob, dylan hernandez this is bob this melvin is, today bob, yeah, melvin, bob melvin just dropped yeah really really good stuff tim and uh we appreciate you as always i do have to say kyle manson the advice stadium is symmetrical i don't know what the hell <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> that, when, you, when you were saying that i was like I realized, like, what the hell? I think he's right. And, like, <laughs> but, geez, am I wrong? Do kickers talk about, like, there's a close end? I well, swear. so the wind, the, the the wind is definitely coming. I think it comes it from comes the north from, side. It comes from the north, shoots through there. It does not seem to affect the, I don't know. And, but here <laughs> I'm wrong, like, because I've been noting, like, hey, it seems like the close end is the one where the ball's more affected because kickers miss tend to miss more there. But I swear I've heard kickers say, yeah, I mean, you know, the closed end. Like, and I'm right there with them. I think it's because they do put stuff over there and that. Like, it, there's sure. things there that make mm. you think in your head. <laughs> I don't know, Kyle. I'm embar- It was embarrassing for me because I try to be right. 
I try to be on top of things. And it was See, you. But, well, that's that's I'm never I feel like I'm never right about anything. So I was like, I must be I'm just I don't I don't know what I'm looking at. Okay, I'm dumb then. I think I've I had, was I've had conversations with Jake Moody where we're talking about the clothes then, like we're both saying it. <laughs> like it's like one of those like is everything I think wrong? Like, <laughs> no, the I think the winds might create a scenario where one end might feel closed because yeah. the wind generally comes from one direction. But I was surprised because like Tim, you and I play golf and you're so good at like describing holes when I haven't played a course before. I was like, Tim knows like conditions and like, you know, the, the lay of the land. I was like a closed end. Like there's, it's, it's, it's I, don't the same. Well, I don't, I'm just trying, like, it also is possible that because the press box is on the right side, we sure. don't really see that opening, mm-hmm. so I'm always thinking. I guess that's part of it. It, it this is this was shocking <laughs> to me. Can you imagine? I, I just like all of a sudden like, fucking Madsen's right. What the hell is going on here? The, the my universe doesn't work out anymore. Uh, so, so I'm gonna zing you back with your lions are gonna run the table. Lions are gonna run the yeah, table. That's tough for me. That was a tough <laughs> tough take for your. When you were saying, I go. Was he talking about the Detroit Lions are gonna run the table? Is that what he's saying? Yeah, so, that's I my tried. petty little shot back at you. So. Well, that's that's a deep cut. We we know you listen. We appreciate you listening, and uh, and obviously we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, so hopefully uh, hopefully we can do it again in the not too distant future, and uh, and hopefully the weather will uh, will allow us to get back on the on the golf course sometime. I think that'll happen, B. So we'll try to get the guy who I heard keep caring about this nine iron, whatever the hell you hit into the hole with the hard parts. <laughs> <laughs> famous, famous, famous. They're, they're, they sing songs about it. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, happy it's to a legend there. at Harding Park. That's why I actually I hung up my spikes after that. I was like, I'm done. Yeah, I, I, I do the same. I do the same. Ready to go, guys. All right, thanks, All right. thanks Tim. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing and shipping to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your process to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, books, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart if you sell online, schedule package pickups through the dashboard, and automatically see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers, with rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are, even on the go. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other business decision makers with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.